Welcome to Soundscape Crusaders, <laughs> music discovery podcast where we pair music with media. Join co-hosts Nate and Levi on this journey as we dive deep and examine one song and episode, discuss what we love about it, and then pair it with something that emotionally and tonally coincides with the song. And here we are again, Nate. Hey, bud. What's up? Just chilling, man. I'm yeah. excited for this week. <clears throat> this is our second week of Horror-tober. I still haven't come up with a good name for it. I have no idea. You hear that, right? What? Yeah, what is that? What the fuck? Why is my phone going off? <laughs> Go. It's just, it's just like peaceful Bruh. classical guitar. It's kind of freaky. That's not very scary. <laughs> no, that's a uh, Well, it's just like one of those like things start working out of or like you know things start like acting up on their own kind of shit and I'm like time to move out. It's fitting for uh, our horror month, our horror, our horror crusade, yeah. if you want to call and it that. You know what? It's fitting for the song that I have this week. I'm curious we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. But yeah. So this month we're covering uh, any song that's influenced or inspired by horror of any kind. It can be classical horror books. It can be horror movies. It can be anything just as long as it has that hard edge of ooh something spooky's going on in the night so nate last week we did say the name and this week i'm bringing something a little different because that that was like it was horrorcore <laughs> rap right yeah it was ex- an experimental hip-hop trio named clipping and they they released two records in 2019 and 2020 kind of exploring the whole more um nuanced uh, subgenre of hip hop known as horrorcore, so that's what we started off with. Yeah, and th- this this week, I mean, I I want to know <clears throat> what what you're excited for about this week. What what's something that you're like hoping for? Uh, that's a really good question. I don't know if I'm like hoping for anything in particular. I just think you always come with a very interesting song choice or something that um I don't really see coming. And it's always something, usually it's something I don't know. It's something um, I've never listened to before. So I'm hoping this is going to be one of those situations. If not, you've brought in songs that I know and we still gush over it. So either way, this will yield a good conversation. I'm super excited just for whatever you bring. This is going to be interesting because uh, for one, you do know the artist for sure. I don't know if you've listened to the album or the song, but you definitely know the artist. Okay. Um, and how about we just jump right into it? How's that sound? Let's do it. I'm Let's ready. go for it. I'm ready. Okay. The song that I'm bringing today, it was released on this day 40 years ago. At the time of recording, it was released 40 years ago. Wait, that's the math, right? 82. 82? Yeah, September 13th, 82 uh, is the day that this was released. Uh, it is the fourth album from this artist, and I would say it's more of a departure from her typical 
oeuvre. She recently had a huge peak in popularity and a huge surge from her song on Stranger Things. Uh, Running Up That Hill, is that the name of it? parentheses a deal with god off of hounds of love yeah which that is a fantastic song it's a great song but overplayed. <laughs> it, it got it's overplayed been... and that's so sad because it's yeah. such a great song i'm hoping it you know i i get a break from it for a while so i can because right. unfortunately just the way things work now we're kind of all controlled by the algorithm right so tiktok People recognized that <laughs> running up that hill was a song that everybody liked and people would repost whatever mm. video they were doing and just put that song in it. So it'd get more views. And so that song just became associated with literally everything from do it yourself, home videos to prank videos to whatever else is on TikTok, uh, And right. it's just everywhere now, but it's well-deserved. I mean, it's a great song. I love that song. I think I need a break from it. But this week, the song that I'm picking is a vast departure from that. Whereas that well, is more, uh, I guess, not crowd pleasing isn't the right word, but it's more for general audiences. Uh, this song, which was the last song on her fourth album, Kate Bush's fourth album called The Dreaming, which is in general, the album in general is much more uh, avant-garde and progressive. Very, and... very avant-garde. Yeah, this record yeah. is fucking wild. But it's great. It's I wouldn't <laughs> say I would listen to it on a Saturday morning, right? But if I'm in the mood for something, I would say it's kind of has it, the, the album in general carries this spooky mystical but also fantastical mm -hmm. uh tone to it right mm -hmm. like there, there's bouncy elements at the beginning of things but then you have like her her voice which she uses as almost like a ghostly wail throughout mm -hmm. some of the songs yeah um and she's got it, a very powerful voice yeah she's wonderful <laughs> and it all comes to a climax with the final song, which is the song for this week, which is Get Out of My House. Have you listened to this? Are you familiar with it? I so I know this song. I don't um it's been a while since I've listened to it because back in like college I did like a Kate Bush run through because everyone, you know, Hounds of Love is great. So I went through like her whole discography essentially from from the big kick all the way to, uh, I think I stopped at like the red shoes, which came out like 93, 95. Yeah. Um, she, that's she quite a bit of album the, the red shoes is just the middle. Yeah. Um, her that's discography. I stopped, <laughs> I stopped yeah. once, once she kind of made it to the nineties. Um, yeah. honestly, her best stuff is like kick inside probably to about, let's say the one before red shoes. The sensual world. I couldn't remember the name of it. Um, <clears throat> so what I remember of the dreaming 
is it's kind of like you ever heard of Prague? You've ever listened to Prague rock like King Crimson and <clears throat> Yes and stuff like that? It's like very technically talented for rock. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, everyone's just a fantastic instrumentalist. I think Kate Bush is like the perfect example of progressive pop because she's like, she yeah. loves to incorporate a lot of like strings and um, I guess like brass instruments and like orchestral arrangements. And she, she incorporates all this like kind of interesting sounds throughout her music. And I remember the dreaming being very, like you said, it's not easy breezy listening. Yeah. It's, it's something not you got <laughs> to sit and digest. Is that the one with, um, Oh shit. Is it, I sat in your lap, sat in your lap. Yeah. Is that on that record? Yeah. Okay. I remember liking that, that song uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, I really liked that one. Side of the Swallow on that Pull one. Pull Out the Pin is great. Uh, and then Night of the Swallow and All the Love. I, oh, so I, Night of the Swallow is on the Dreaming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember it's liking a, it's that It's a one. solid, like, through and through. I like the one before it, um, Never Forever. I think that one's really fucking good. But it also has Army Dreamers, and that's like, a fucking phenomenal song. It's less than three minutes and it's just fucking great. Oh, um, okay. So I've listened to this. I don't remember it because this is not a record I travel back to. Honestly, really, I right. travel back to the Never Forever and Hounds of Love and some of the kick inside. Hounds um, of Love. Uh, okay. Since you're more familiar with her discography i think Mm -hmm. i've i've listened to her in bits and pieces throughout you know Mm -hmm. whatever i found or deemed to be something i was into at the time would you say hounds of love uh sonically is consistent throughout like as running up that hill because i think that's the only song off that album i've heard uh yes and no um she's it's it's very it's probably her most commercially successful record um so it's a little easier on the ears um and like running up that uh running up that hill is great but the big sky is great waking the witch is great um i think this one called hello earth i think is really good too yeah um that's the thing about kate bush she's kind of like so out there in a sense that like every song is so different oh yeah Um, but i think this is like her easiest listening project um i would definitely recommend it it's a phenomenal record well that's that's why i was asking because running up that hill is definitely like a commercial song like anyone that hears it it's a great it song. It's like, oh, okay. Like, I can vibe with that. It's smooth. It's not super challenging. Those but rolling it, drums. That... Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it just is a relaxing song. It really is. Yeah, and I, I love it for that. The Dreaming, while being very progressive and uh, just honestly stranger, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, but it's consistently that way. Like all yeah. of the songs pair together perfectly. And if you told me that this was the same person that like, if you showed me one of these songs versus running up that hill, I would probably almost think it's com- two completely different artists. Like right. if it was just a blind, like five mm-hmm. years ago, you just threw two of these songs to me. 
Yeah. Um, I would, but she, she's great. Yeah. 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 She's great artist. Um, what I think is so kind of powerful and what she does is her voice is almost like an instrument itself. Um, the way she yeah. can like really toss her voice around like that song withering heights. She hits these notes in the chorus that are so it's kind of like mind blowing. And you can like look up people trying to cover that song and it's, it's, it's a tough song to cover. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a fucking great track too. Um, Kate Bush is great, man. It's just like really all I got. I would definitely See, I, recommend I, Hounds of Love, though, man. I, That's a good record. I mean, I, I would definitely, you know, echo what you're saying because I think that she uses her voice as an instrument throughout this this whole track and album. Um, so I sent the link. Let's go ahead and listen to it. Fuck yeah! And uh, you know, if you hear something that you want to talk about, let me know. The album cover is so weird for this record. It's like, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, so I I was reading about it, mm-hmm. uh, and the album is based off the story of Houdini and his wife, and she's enacting uh, the role of Houdini's wife on this cover, where she has the key in her mouth and she's going to pass him the key mm-hmm. uh, as she kisses him. Uh, which the second to last song is called Houdini. So, all right, I'm ready. I want to pull you away, so I run to the home, into the corridor. There's a door in the house. I hear the lift descending. I hear it hit the landing. I see the house and the cat. Right, so that was "Get Out of My House" by Kate Bush. It's a good song. The the reason I picked this is because the song she has cited Stephen King's "The Shining" as well as Ridley Scott's "Alien" uh, as influences. Um, I mean, I can totally see that because one of the big themes that come from both of those properties, whether you're looking at "Alien," obviously, is a movie, but whether you're looking at the movie "The Shining" or the book "Isolation." Isolation is a huge theme throughout those properties. And this song is all about isolation. <laughs> Feels like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it invokes the feeling of someone going crazy mm-hmm. and, but you like know, you're by yourself and you like, you don't let anyone in. You yeah. want, you, you, it's our animalistic nature. We're social animals, right? We want people in, but she's fighting that nature inside of her to me it sounds like people are trying to reach out to her and she Mm -hmm. is forcing herself into that isolation it's not that she has no one it's that she wants that and it you know she's angry and she's um upset even and she's forcing herself to you know crawl up into a hovel basically mm-hmm. and uh she doesn't want you know and everyone's been there where you're like so pissed off you just don't want to i mean you, that's a really interesting point because she's mimicking a mule with that hee-haw at the end of the outro 
And what are mules a uh, symbol for? Stubbornness. Stubborn, yeah. Yep. Being stubborn. She's being stubborn. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's a cool ass song, man. Maybe I need to go back and re-listen to the dreaming because I'm I kind of really like enjoy that sound because I think it's more sonically challenging than and I love I still think Hounds of Love's probably her best work. Um Yeah. But it is that is more sonically challenging than anything. Now is definitely a good time to revisit this album, especially since Halloween is coming up on us. Ooh, this is an, the album as a whole. As I said before, it has those fantastical and whimsical elements kind of layered throughout. But overall, it's kind of a spooky album and mm-hmm. culminating with this song, which is absolutely you know by the end when they're making those mule noises you're like mm-hmm. Ooh, like like something is off kilter it, about like this. it'll make your skin crawl it's creepy Um, and what what is more scary than something that's just slightly like something's wrong? You you might not be able to pinpoint it, but mm-hmm. think about the Titans and Attack on Titan. Like those things scare me probably more than a lot of monsters do because they're like so human. Well, but also not like they have these strange smiling faces and there's Permagrain. there's like a. Uh, divide between what is intelligent and not and it's the same thing with like anything where there's a horror movie and like the villain or the monster (laughs) is has like a rictus grin yeah is terrifying to me it freaks me out i don't like it not a fan of smiling huh yeah not not like that even that like that movie that i don't think it was reviewed very well uh was it truth or dare uh it came out a couple years ago and like they become possessed or something and they get this big stupid like cgi smile on them it still freaks me out like everybody was talking about how dumb it looked i was like no that's scary man <laughs> have, you ever seen, have you ever seen the music video to black hole sun by super unknown they have a lot of those like distorted um, smiles at parts no, no see now you're not gonna be able to convince me to watch it i don't like that i don't it's, like that at all i'll uh duly no- there's a movie coming out called smile is that what you're thinking of there's a horror movie coming out shortly called smile no, this was this was a few years ago. Oh, um, movies. You don't want to see Smile. I I don't know what Smile is. Uh, but the if, poster's kind of creepy. Yeah, it honestly looks kind of shitty. So <laughs> the trailer doesn't look that good. Um, another thing this song reminded me of um, is there's a song by a band called Suicide who the lead frontman was named alan vega who i think have passed away a few years ago or a little while ago but there's a song called frankie teardrop where it's a story about a guy who murders his girlfriend and goes to hell it's like a 10 minute song i thought about bringing this song on for one of our weeks but um and it, this, this song by kate bush reminded me of it but there's a part in the song where it's just like 
it's just like droning guitar bass drum mix and he just starts screaming like randomly he's just like wah and it like it, it it's the only time i've ever listened to a song i've only listened to that song once and yeah. I'm, I'm never gonna listen to it again because it legitimately scared me yeah um, but like the the these emotions those emotions of like just kind of fear and terror kind of came out in this song because you can feel like she is slowly spiraling away and that scares me you know yeah that like possession losing yourself kind of um idea uh yep well and losing a sense of humanity in a way because she yeah. starts to mimic that mule and yeah, it's it, creepy it's like okay like i was not expecting this and like i was expecting running up that hill making a deal with god i'm not expecting happiness <laughs> and it's not even like it's not a pr- like a conventionally pretty noise <laughs> it's quite Have you ever heard of donkey bray you. it's fucking yeah. awful yeah. insert I, donkey I, bray noise <laughs> you're not gonna get that from like giant pop stars very often is when no. like, can you imagine Katy perry making a song and just like braying <laughs> In in Kate Bush's defense, though, and you can cut this out because this might be like a really abrasive comment. That is more interesting than any other pop star putting out anything out today because oh, no, they're challenging themselves and challenging the status quo on what it is. Um, I, I I absolutely agree with that. It, like if yeah, you're right. If Katy Perry or like. Kesha or like a Taylor Swift made this thing, I'd be like, get them in the mental side. Like they they need help. Like yeah. it just doesn't seem like not that they're smart enough to do that. That sounds bad. It just doesn't seem like challenging. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, don't I mean, it. it's the closest thing I can equate it to is the effect that an album like Lemonade had on me, where I had a certain idea of who Beyonce was. Mm-hmm. And then I heard Lemonade, and that is just a sonically diverse album. You like that record? Yeah, I do a lot. I, I I really do. I don't know your thoughts on it, but I oh, I love it. I think it's okay. fantastic. I'm not a huge Beyonce fan, um, but I think it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal yeah. record. Yeah, um, and I will say this though: hot take. Her sister also released a record that year in 2016 called The Seat at the Table, and I think it is way better than Lemonade, oh. and Lemonade's great. I love Lemonade. Interesting. I'll have to the check seat, that out. I didn't know The Seat about at the that. Table by Solange is really fucking good. Um, okay. I mean, I mean, that's not against Lem. Like, that's not. I'm not trying to like shit on Lemonade because I really like Lemonade. Yeah, I think yeah. And you don't want Beyonce people mad at you. I um, want the beehive coming out my ass. I I just found that album so impressive because the typical pop sound isn't something that I am. I typically gravitate to. Right. And then you have lemonade where they have blues influences. They have, you know, new Orleans, like saxophones and trombones. There's there's jazz. There's a little bit of jazz thrown in there too. Yeah. Um, Freedom. That, just that song me "Freedom" for... is so good. Yeah, like Kendrick Lamar. Like that's yeah. like that's a power anthem, and it's so fucking good. Yeah, yeah and then no, you have like Jack White they... coming in, and you have yeah, "Don't Hurt Yourself." That's a yeah. great song too. Just uh, it's it's a 
it's a good album to where it's it is, like, oh, it's really wow, good. they're <sighs> capable of so much. And yeah. the like bringing it back to Dreaming, Dreaming is another album where once I listened to it, I was like, wow, she she is capable of so much and she employs everything. It might not be for everyone at all. And I, I would say this is less accessible than Lemonade. Right. But I think it's incredible still. Will I like easy listen to it every morning? <laughs> no, it's probably Ooh. not a morning song to me. I think if you're this wanting th- this album is for people like Kate Bush, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I I'm all for people testing the you know, pushing the envelope and testing, you know, what their limits are. Um yeah. and this thing is fucking rips, bro. Yeah, it's, it's scary. It's legitimate scary, and I love it. You know, I love that a song can make you feel that way. So, would you say that Kate Bush is attractive? Yes. Well, yeah. Uh, would you say that she's? I don't know. Like she doesn't look goth, but she has a lot of things about her that, like, like she's that girl that was probably obsessed with Edgar Allan Poe you know, or like stuff like that. Like, I feel like she's like a, a proto goth. Uh, let's see. What, what is Kate Bush? Is she not in she, terms of what she looks like, Oh, but in terms of her influences, I feel like, Oh, this is a really, I think she, I feel like she also like, likes, baroque and like beethoven and stuff like that she like i feel like she gets her influences everywhere she is like all encompassing all absorbing it might not be fair to yeah lump her into one category because she because there's like there's rock influences there's uh progressive influences there's pop influences and she it's just an amalgamation of so many interesting sounds what i think is so great we talked about this you know during the track is she's using her voice, and if you—I mean—if you're not paying attention super hard, you, like her voice is in almost like an instrument. It's almost mimicking an instrument. Yeah. just absolutely brilliant um in and of itself yeah and you have that which is can be spooky at times and it's contrasted with this guitar that has a lot of reverb and it's so more good. calming it sounds who, who did i say it sounded like i'm blanking on the name right now the smiths uh, uh yeah johnny marr you said it sounded like yeah johnny marr's guitar. yeah and or or even uh who's the front man what's his name morrissey Morrissey, like even yeah. some of Morrissey's solo stuff has has that mm-hmm. guitar sound. Yeah. Um, and so when it I starts, that. that's with a just great sound. That, yeah. Yeah. And it starts with just that and you're expecting something and you're just like, oh, okay. Kate Bush is going to come in and sing She's some like, soothing ah! vocals. You're like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, she comes off the gate instead. Like, uh, <laughs> just, yeah. I love it. This is great. This is a great song, dude. I'm going to sleep is well there, tonight. <laughs> is there anything else about the tone that you want to talk about? 
it's very anxiety inducing and kind of mimics. And I know we've listened to songs that have like emulated anxiety and panic attacks and stuff, but I also think that really boils over well here to the point where the person like loses themselves within the attack, whatever their, their moment. Um, yeah, man, it's great. <laughs> this song is great. I'm like, I'm, I'm sober. I promise. Um, it's a really good song. Let's just jump into the lyrics. Then um, we kind of covered what the song's about. Uh, the, the chorus is Kate Bush saying, get out of my house. No stranger's feet will enter me. Get out of my house. I wash the pains. Get out of my house. I clean the stains away. Get out of my house. And when she says, get out of my house, it's like screaming. Like it's, and it's not like a pretty scream. It's like, it sounds like she's scared and she's fearful. Um, And that emotion really carries through and it unnerves you. Mm -hmm. um, In my opinion. This to me, I I definitely think there's, um, I think one of the readings for sure of the lyrics is that it's her, I guess going crazy if you want to call it that um, if that's politically correct. Um, but I think it's an interesting angle. If you look at it as she's trapped in like a haunted house, <laughs> something like yeah. that. And she's trying to like, people are trying to be like, Hey, you know, trying to get her. And she's like, get out because the house, like in the shining, the house is taking over her. Yeah. And, she, and the house wants her and only her kind of thing. And, that that influence definitely shines through because she's not scared hey. of the house. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> she's not afraid of the house, though. In a yeah. lot of haunted house movies, everyone's afraid of the house and they're trying to get out. She's wanting to stay there in the same yeah. way that Jack wants to stay in the house. I know. He doesn't want anyone else to leave. And so... uh like i mean that alone makes it difficult to pick something because it's like oh that's so tied with that story i know that's yeah and we've already used the shining on an episode yeah we did we did so that's off the table i think i'm gonna i'm think i'm gonna still stick with my pick i don't think lyrically it lines up super well like in that form um yeah but i think i'm gonna keep with my pick i think i can defend it pretty well so that sounds good. I mean, I, I don't think my pick will be a hundred percent lined up either, but it will be, it'll be tonally there. I think. Um, That's so funny. Both songs we've started off in this horror month are very much tied to a property. Yeah. 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 Cause uh, say the name was tied to Candyman. Candyman. Yeah. So I don't think I changed it. My second pick is I'm still keeping with my second pick. Um, so Interesting. what do you think? Anything from the lyrics stick out to you? Um, no, I really like the, uh, where is it? The bridge near the end, Paul so Hardiman and Kate Bush. It's like the house is singing to her or her, like, yeah. her demons, her inner thoughts are singing to her. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, Ugh. Paul Hardiman says, let me in woman. Let me in. Let me bring in the memories woman. Let me in. Let me bring in, let me bring in the devil dreams. And she says, I will not let you in. Don't you bring back the reveries. I turn into a bird carry further than the word is heard. And I don't it, like that. Um, yeah. 
just kind of spooky. And, and the, even the tone of, you know, the conflicting tones of Paul and Kate as they sing to each other. It's creepy. It really feels like a, it feels like one is trying to seduce the other. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very interesting to me. Um, so, yeah. Wanna, um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw, I think I'm going to throw a takeout. I think Bjork is the modern day equivalent to Kate Bush. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, Bjork, I actually just saw a thing. Bjork have cited the dreaming as one of favorite favorite albums. Yeah. That's not shocking. I love Bjork. Bjork is so good. So the influence is there. Yeah. So if you like Bjork, yeah, yeah, if you like Bjork, you're going to like the dreaming. You don't have to include this in the episode. Um, I saw Bjork live in 2013. And dude, she came out with this like crystal headdress and like was like dressed in this crystal dress. Dude, it was the weirdest. And there was signs ever saying like, do not record the shit. I'm Bjork, don't record the show. Or however the fuck she sounds. <laughs> however Icelandic people sound. Right. Good show though. She's fucking amazing. Um, Bjork is the fucking shit, dude. I'm excited for her new record. Um, but yeah, I think Bjork is probably the closest thing to Kate Bush that we have within like the 2000s, 2010s, even though Bjork did yeah. start like the nineties. So, I mean, I, I would, I would say a that's, a, that's a pretty accurate, um, assumption or assessment. It's an accurate assessment. Thanks brother. So, I really love the idea of a haunted house and Kate. I was about to say Bjork. No, it's not about to say Bjork. I don't know. I'm tired. But I like the idea of Kate Bush or this character being stuck in a haunted house and the house is like, or the house or whatever, this spirit is like contacting or is like in close proximity, close contact with the narrator, Kate Bush. And I'm going to go with, so I'm going to tie it to one of my favorite haunted house ghost thrillers. Um, that came out in 2013 and it was directed by James Wan and stars Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as Ed and Lorraine Warren. The movie I'm choosing is The Conjuring. Do you like The Conjuring? I haven't seen it. What? I haven't seen it. No, I haven't. I'm getting really tired of hearing these episodes where I'm like, I haven't seen it. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you want me to pick a different one? No, go for it. All right. I'm going to pull up the trailer. It's probably going to be scary because this movie is really fucking scary at points. Like this movie, it like gives me trouble. Like it gives, it makes me yeah, like, like that, it's one of those, like I have to sleep with the lights on if I watch it. So I don't watch I it. I haven't watched it. I've heard it's very scary. <laughs> This this one is really fucking scary. <laughs> oh man, like Annabelle, you know the doll, the creepy little doll or whatever. Annabelle's in this, but she's like only in for like a part of it. Like oh um, this was this before or after the Annabelle movies? It's before. This was the first of like the conjuring. So that's what like started the whole This this spearheaded the whole thing. Get out of here. That's not gonna help. This thing has latched itself to your family. Father, we never seen nothing like this. I'm coming with you. No way. I can't lose you. 
There's a lady in a dirty nightgown that I see in my dreams. She's standing in front of my mom's bed. Do you want to see them? Yeah. When the music stops, you see them in the mirror standing behind you. No. 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 It's no. This. No. 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 I forgot I'm how scary. I forgot how scary that movie is. I'm happy for you. I'm not watching it. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> sorry, no, not sorry. I've seen it. I've seen this movie. I think three or four times, and every time, I slept with the light on. <laughs> I, I I have an overactive imagination. I can't handle that. I'd like. I'm a wuss. I don't dude, care. It's, it's so fucking scary. Okay, so. For those who haven't seen The Conjuring, this is the start of all that Annabelle nun bullshit, which I've only seen Conjuring's one and two, and I think that's really where I'm just going to cap it off. Um, it stars Patrick Wilson of Vera Farmiga as Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were, I think they're both, they've both both passed, but they are, um, they were paranormal investigators. Um their real life reports were based. You ever heard of the Amityville horror? Yeah. Their reports were based off of that or that, that movie that was, was based, based off, off of. Yes. Yeah. It's Ron Livingston and his wife. I'm just going to pull up the Wikipedia page because, um, I have not seen this movie in a little while. And I don't, after watching that trailer again, I don't think I really want to see it again. In a little <laughs> while. Um, I might watch it over Halloween. Just to like really scare the shit out of myself, but dude, I'll, I'll right. sleep with the lights on in the house. I have yet to watch it since moving out, and I don't think I ever will. I need someone that lives with me <laughs> before I watch that again. If yeah. you can't tell, um, yeah. I don't even know if I can do that, man. Dude, it's, it's too much. So it starts off. The movie starts off with Ron Livingston, who plays Roger Perrin, and he's his wife and five kids. They move into this farmhouse in Rhode Island and their dog doesn't want to go in this fucking house. So it's like, oh, fuck, shit's already not good. And then like, so in the, the next morning um, or in that, I think it's so like in the trailer. Remember when the clocks stop ticking? Yeah, that's like one of the first things that happens in the movie. And then the bruises, the, I think it's the mom has bruises on her arm and the dog is found dead the next morning. And they go to this i want to say it's like a college seminar with ed and lorraine warren who are talking about them finding annabelle which is this doll and basically long story short they realize this house is haunted by this witch named Beth bethesba is that bath bathsheba 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 who sacrificed what's up biblical character I am not a biblical expert, brother. <laughs> um, all I know is it's a, the po supposedly a relative of Mary Eastie, who was one of the women sacrificed during the Salem witch trials. Okay. But this lady sacrifices her baby to the devil, and basically anyone who lives in that house is either murdered or you know goes missing, blah, 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 blah. So the house is all fucked up. And basically... Ed and Lorraine Warren try to exercise this spirit and shit hits the fan and it's fucking creepy. 
and really unnerving and crazy enough it's not a lot of jump scares like the trailer leads on it's a lot of like slow burn horror (laughs) it's really creepy and get out of my house to me just that title alone is like what i would be screaming (laughs) if i was in that fucking house and that song i don't think i don't think the song get out of my house by kate bush like scared me but it elicited that kind of like slight response and i think i think this song or this movie emulates that fear not so much the isolation but that fear and dive into madness very well with this creepy creepy spirit that haunts this poor family there's an exorcism scene in it and it's it's fucking nuts dude yeah i think you'll watch it and you know what i don't mind if you don't watch it because it is kind of scary and I don't know, man. It's I've, one of those... I've heard that it's fantastic uh, by a lot of people that love horror. Uh, and that trailer is enough to tell me that, yeah, it probably is good. And uh, I'm never going to find out if it is because I I just can't like that. That kind of shit where like, you know, you have someone and they're looking and then like there's something behind them and you see it, but they don't. That's mm. the the cool thing about that scene is, is he turns around and it's gone. Patrick Wilson turns around. And that thing is that body, that hanging body is gone. Yeah, that and freaks me out. Like, I don't yeah. like that because then then it's like, oh, I don't know if that shit's happening to me. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. But there's so many, there's a really, there's a lot of good actors in here. Vera Farmiga's great. Patrick Wilson's great. Lily Taylor from uh, Say Anything is in it. Um, she was, oh shit, which character was she? She was Corey, Corey Flood, which I think is one of, um, what is that? It's one of John Cusack's like. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. Is I recognize right? her. Yeah. Um, he's one of, yeah, one of his She's friends. great. Ron Livingston from uh, Office Space is great. Joey King's in it, who's kind of like really rose to... I know she was just in um, Bullet Train. Was she just in Bullet Train? Is that right? Uh, Mackenzie Foy's in it. Like, There's some like pretty good names in this movie. And I mean, it's it's I remember very, it being huge. When it's it a very well-made horror movie, and it's really good at scaring the shit out of you. And yeah, so if you're going to get scared, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> Yeah, and I will. It's probably my favorite thing James Wan has done. I mean, I can't blame you because... Insidious 1's pretty good, though. I I, See, like, I watch horror movies, but then, like, some really fuck me up. Like, really bad. Yeah, and that's... Conjuring. That's that's why I don't watch too many, because it, it messes me up. Yeah. But... I mean, it sounds good. It sounds like a good pick. I mean, it's a haunted house movie, and yeah. it sounds scary. So, the ghost bath Bathsheba Bathsheba Bathsheba. I don't know. I don't know. Fucking. Oh, it is a Bible thing. I did not. Yeah, you that's what right. I've always heard that name from. It's the. Huh. It's uh, who King David King David like kills her husband in battle. Or sends her husband to battle to die on the front lines and then marries her because he wants her pretty messed up. So is but, is she like a evil character in the in the Bible? Yeah. Not necessarily. She's just 
she's a lady that he he like sees her bathing or something mm-hmm. on a rooftop or something. He like peeps on her and then uh she's married already, so he's the king and he's like, Oh, your your husband is like my greatest warrior. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna send him on the front lines to die. Right. So then, I can fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> what a not nice man. Yeah, not um, not, not the yeah. His... Now, now the witch in the Conjuring, she is she's a she's mean. She's very evil and very gross looking. So interesting because she. I like, mean, it looks if if was that her like with the eye and the face. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so they they do an exorcism on the because the wife's being possessed by this witch. I don't think you're going to see the movie, so I'm just going to spoil it. And she like starts like floating in her chair and shit. Exorcisms freak me out. I'm not even yeah. a religious person, but exorcisms like that whole concept freaks me out. Like I still think Exorcist and The Omen are like the scariest movies I've ever seen. See, that's that's um, what I don't fuck with. That's what freaks me out is like yeah, demon like shit. The chair starts floating and like yeah. she's like freaking the fuck out and she like tears them like so because it's like the mom and like you see the mom throughout the movie, but like the 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 um sheet because there's like a sheet over her like tears open and you see like her she's like bleeding from her mouth it's so fuck gnarly dude i'm not selling this movie to you <laughs> no i mean the, as soon as i saw the trailer i was like nah pass thanks <laughs> thanks good pick out. i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've seen enough um okay well should we move on or do you have anything else you'd like to say about the conjuring? Um, I like it. I think the conjuring is very good and it's very scary. And if you're looking for a good time, it's fun. It's a fun movie. And, and if you can come out of that unscathed, more power to you. I don't, I'm going to take a little bit of a turn and, uh, talk about something that, uh, is more, accessible for those who are timid in the ways of scary <laughs> things. But it, am, I, but it, am I two for two on horror movies for this? Yeah, my last yeah, one was a yeah, horror movie. Rosemary's Baby. I mean, look, this, that whole month, this whole month mm-hmm. we're going to probably be picking some kind of horror movie or another. Hey, Terminator um, has like horror elements. That's a slasher yeah, villain. Yeah, so... Terminator is my kind of horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. But so when we were listening to this song, I thought of a lot of things and I want to throw a shout out because like something that came to mind that I didn't pick is the, is the episode uh, called Pygmalion from King of the Hill. And that is an episode where uh, Luann meets a rich dude who owns like a pig packing company and mm, he becomes obsessed with dude. her. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that would kind of fit because like he's, he, he thinks he's a pig and like, right, he, he wants to like her to weird... become a pig, right? Or whatever. He's like it's... drawing her up and no, he's yeah, drawing her it's... up as the mascot. Yeah. He wants her to marry right. someone else uh, so, so he can be the pig. Episode. Yeah, and it's it's kind of freaky in like a funny way. <laughs> Mama, Papa, I'm coming home. Oh, oh, oh. oh my God, 
I can suddenly think clearly. The voices have left my head. What am I doing on a pig costume? Uh-oh. Well, at least Trip seemed happy. And now he's in a better place. Honey, Trip had a mental breakdown and is now a sausage. That's not a better place. But you handled the situation very well. But I didn't pick that just because the, the rest of the song didn't really fit. Uh, that would have been a good but, choice. But the song, you know, there's a lot of get out of my house and there's a lot of let me in, right? And mm-hmm. let me in uh, is usually a thing that you associate with vampires. And so that's kind of where my mind went. Okay. And then you have that bridge at the end where uh, Kate Bush and Paul Hardiman are kind of like having this back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. he's saying, let me in, let me in, woman, let me in. Uh, and she's like, I will not let you in. And that reminded me of a movie that I like a lot. And uh, it was made in 1985. It's a vampire flick, vampire uh, horror comedy uh, directed by Tom Holland. This is called Fright Night. Great movie. David Sarandon is so fucking good in that movie. That's a good ass movie, bro. This is a good ass movie. Yo, I, I love me some Fright Night. Dude. David Sarandon's fucking, he's fucking attractive. David it's a great Sarandon. ass movie. Christopher Sarandon? Is it Chris Sarandon? Who is David Yeah. Sarandon? Whatever. Chris Sarandon, he's fucking great in this. He's, uh, yeah. he's also in uh, yeah. Princess Bride. I love him in Princess Bride. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, he is. I didn't he's Humperdinck, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, wow, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's Jack Skellington, um, bro. Chris Sarandon's fucking the fucking shit. David Sarandon's fucking child's play too. He's yeah, he's the detective. Was it Detective Norris? I think is his yeah. name. Yeah. All right, I'm as ready. All right, let's watch this trailer. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human, something horrifying? Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. Dude, the fucking vampire effects are fucking great in this movie. Yeah. Dude, I've... fucking great choice. Oh my god. Great movie. Yeah, Dude. so the reason I picked this was... Uh... Jerry Dandridge is such like a great vampire. Sorry. Yeah, I really, yeah, I really, no. really like this movie, dude. I, I do too, and it... it it's just great. I watched it a couple years ago for the first time. And it, it what? Just, yeah, yeah. I didn't grow up with this or anything. I, it, Dude. It was, oh my god. Dude, we got it. We're gonna talk. All right, keep going. Yeah, yeah. But the reason I picked it was just because uh like I said, the bridge kind of sounds like a vampire talking to someone trying to get in their house. And at a certain point in the movie, I believe like he's trying to get into the kids ha- the neighbor kid's house. Because mm-hmm. he knows that the kid saw him like doing vampire shit. Yeah. 
and you know and it has a lot of that where and then the kids like trying to sneak into his house and like there's a lot of get out of my house type shit you know it's kind of like on a very simplistic level um you have to invite the vampire in right right and then you have like just the screaming and the horror elements and i was like yeah it kind of fits this this movie movie has some intense moments too I think it's a great mix of uh, comedy and and uh, intensity. Um, oh, I agree. My, it I I could see a lot of people watching it that you know those people that watch horror movies and every time they watch a horror movie they're like oh it wasn't even scary it was stupid I didn't get yeah. scared at all and it's like they probably wouldn't like it because it's not you're not gonna it's leave not conventionally it. scary yeah. Yeah. But what it does have is like some great aesthetic <laughs> like horror aesthetic. And, and, and honestly, Chris Sarandon as Jerry Dandridge is menacing, charming, elusive. Yeah. He's so fucking good in this movie. Great vampire. It's top five, top five vampires, yeah. maybe top three for me, at least. He's this charming. Is, oh, he's so good. This is well, one of those movies one- I played a lot on TV all the fucking yeah. time. At and one point, so, doesn't he try to seduce like his mom or something? Yeah, he and tries to like, go after. Yeah. Was it Charlie? Charlie? Charlie Brewster? Charlie Barker? Oh, no. Dude, I'd love. I, I should know this. I love this movie. Charlie Brewster. Yeah. Okay. Um, because he gets. I want to say he gets his friend Ed. I think Evil Ed. I think it's his name. He get. He converts him to a vampire. Um. Yeah, but I think Charlie. Not Charlie. I think Jerry goes after Charlie's mom. Yeah, so I want to say I want to say so, I want to say. So continue. You, you, I mean, it's it's fine. Don't you get the point. Uh, I love this movie. <laughs> so basically, the, this movie is like uh, Rear Window meets Vampires, kind of. So the basic plot is that there's this kid who's a big fan of this horror television show called Fright Night, right? Mm-hmm. which is hosted by a former quote unquote vampire hunter, Peter Vincent. And then, you know, one evening the kid, Charlie discovers that his, the new neighbor next door is a vampire. He like sees him do something. And so he's trying to convince people like, look, this dude's bad news. And, uh, he like tries to find the vampire hunter of the show, which I think mm-hmm. ends up not even like he's like, dude, that was like all an act or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But uh <laughs> sorry, this is a really good you movie. Good? I love this movie. No, I love this movie. Um I have I have a I have a point. I have a I have a yeah. I want to bring up something that I Go think is it. so great about this fucking movie. So so within like the like the concept of like or one of the big things with vampires is you have to invite them in. In order of like, because they'll be like, they'll knock, you know, knock on your door or whatever and let me in, which, um, but I think it's so fucking cool about this movie. In the beginning of the movie, Jerry gets in his house, in Charlie's house. Charlie's, do you remember this? Yeah. Charlie's mom invites him in because he knows that Charlie saw this and he threatens Charlie. He's like, hey, I'll let you get off scot-free, but if you start running your mouth, you know, I'm going to get you. And he's yeah. like, nah, fuck that. She, you know, goes after him with the crucifix and shit. I think that scene is so brilliant because, I mean, when you go into this movie, you're like, oh, it's a vampire movie, yada, yada, yada. 
knowing that happens so quickly into the movie kind of subverts your expectations of this whole movie. I think it's just, yeah. I think that's that scene. It happens so early, but that's my favorite scene of the movie because it's so, it flips the script. I think it's so yeah. well done. Yeah. And the, the vampire is, isn't like out to like outright kill him. Isn't his whole thing is that he like lure he like goes on dates with women and lures them back to his house and pretty much you know sucks their blood because he goes to like a nightclub uh, at one point and yeah so he's he's like secretly feeding on people and Charlie yeah. sees him and is just obsessed with like yeah. Catching this guy, and uh, like everybody's like, dude, you need to like chill out, you're going a little crazy, yeah. kind of thing. Your neighbor's and then, fine, yeah. Like, like you've been watching too much of this show. Like, how about you go to uh, what, what is it? Like, his girlfriend like wants him to go to prom or something. I can't, there's some kind of uh. I, I know There's she some gets kind of turned. tension between her and yeah. him. I know I, if I remember correctly, she gets turned. She survives because they they get rid of Dandridge at the end, and everyone yeah. reverts back to normal. Um, also, yeah. I love you know how like in most vampire flicks, like the vampires' fangs or whatever aren't really prominent unless yeah. they open her mouth. In this, they're just like ah, yeah, <laughs> they got the, yeah, like, big no, grin. And that see that goes back to the smile thing. That's why I find it so freaky, but in a good that way. That shit's creepy. Like, yeah, it's scary. Um, I I think this movie like this is a movie that you watch on Halloween night mm-hmm. with a couple beers. You know, you might still have a lamp on or something because you're like going and giving treats to the kids. You right. know, but then you come back to the couch and you're you're just chilling watching. Yeah. Uh, this is Fright it's Night. such a fun movie. Yeah. yeah, drinking some cider and rum or something like that. Yeah, just hanging um, out. This is a fun movie to like watch with like a couple buddies. Yeah, like yeah. I said, have a couple beers, get up, order a pizza. You know, yeah. it's a fun yeah. movie. It's a perfect pizza night. It is, dude. Uh, I I really love, and this is like this also like is in the Lost Boys as well. Yeah, um, I love when movies are self-aware like that and they're like, that's a vampire. Like, it's not yeah. like, Oh, what is this creature? Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, they're like, they're like, no, nah, fuck that. That's a vampire. Like, fuck off. Like, Nothing I love drives that. Self-aware. Me crazier than yeah. zombie movies who refuse to admit that there are zombies. Just call them zombies. Self-awareness them- is better. Yeah, than don't, not, don't you know? be like, oh, the day walkers or the night walkers or the runners or like just call them zombies. I mean, They're zombies, brother. But yeah, I love this movie. Um, I highly recommend it. It has some fun effects. Some people might find them cheesy, but it's still fun. Even if you find it cheesy, it it's still fun. I love Dude, that-, that tangible like effect <laughs> that they employ. But yeah. No, that scene where they take on Dandridge in his house near yeah. the end is fucking great. It's so fun. It, it is. It's and it's you know, there's moments where you're like, ah, oh goodness, you know, like you, yeah. you you get a little nervous, you get a little scared, and it's but it's not overtly to the point where like everything has to be scary. It's like right. It, it's, it's a not fun like scary. the conjuring, yeah. <laughs> where yeah. the conjuring's like, we're gonna scare the fucking shit out of you. Like yeah. You yeah, still can like, sleep after this movie. Yes. Conjuring, and you might have issues. 
I do. I do want to call out Fright Night has one of the most iconic posters of all time. It's instantly recognizable. There's a house and then there's like a cloud with like a vampire face in it. It's supposed um, to be his girlfriend, right? Isn't it? Yeah, Amy's I think face? so. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, just the, even the text of the title Fright Night, the F and the T are elongated to look like fangs. Mm-hmm. I I just love that poster so much. It's been parodied over and over and over again. If you it's Google Fright Night one sheet, Fright Night theatrical poster, you'll instantly recognize it. Um, and I, I wanted to call that out. I also, there's a movie that uh, was heavily inspired by this in a way um, I would say, which is summer of 84, which is by the people that did uh, turbo kid. Um, and it kind of follows the same beats as fright night in a way, but it doesn't deal with vampires. It deals with other things. But uh, if you like fright night, you should check out summer of 84. Um, it's a fun little movie. Cool. So did you ever see the remake came out in 2011? No, I'm not a big fan. It's the same with like the evil dead remake. I'm like, you took the movie and like, didn't in fright night remake, they like took the comedy out, right? Like they just made it like more of a hard edge, like scary movie. right? Mm -mmm. No, they didn't. Oh, okay. It's actually pretty solid. Okay. I might check that out then. Um, It's a little, it's a, it's more gruesome than the original but they maintain a lot of comedy beats to it. It's not like the okay. Evil Dead remake. That Evil Dead okay. remake is brutal. And I, I didn't finish it because it was just so gross. And I was like, oh, it made my stomach feel queasy. And I was yeah. like, oh, well, that's why I never checked out either of them. Cause I knew the Evil Dead one was like, oh, we're doing the Evil Dead. But she splits her tongue on it. She splits her tongue on a switchblade at one point. And it's so fucking gross. And I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. No. Like, no. I, I just, I don't get it whatever it's like when you take the sam raimi out of the movie then it's yeah. just any other movie and it's not no cool. i would i mean if you come out of it and be like yeah i didn't really like you know i don't like it as much as the original i agree i would be fine with that but yeah. i think it is actually one of the more solid remakes you know it's not like a total recall me remake or you know there's there I, it felt like there's some soul to it and i think colin farrell does a really good job um, yeah as Jerry, I think he does a really good job. He's just as suave and kind of funny um, as Chris Sarandon is. So who else? Who else? Okay, Anton Yelkin, Tony Collette. Oh, I mean, that's pretty. It's a pretty good cast. I love Anton Yelkin. David Tennant, I think, is in it. Wow. David Tennant plays uh, Victor or uh, shit. What is his name? Peter Vincent. And Imogene it's, it's a, Poots. It's a, who? Imogene Poots. It's a funny last name. <laughs> Sorry. Um, kind of a funny name in general, but yeah. yeah. Um, no, that, okay. I might check that out then because that seems it's kind of pretty fun. decent. Um, it's, it's pretty good. It's basically, it's, they took the 85 version and made it more modern. Okay. I'd, yeah, I'd be willing to give that a shot. I'd give if that If you don't a like shot. it, I understand. I think is, I think it's pretty solid. I think they did a good job. Okay. I do like the original, though. If you gave me the option, pick the original or watch the yeah. remake. I'm going to take the original every time. The original just has that that look. It does. Apparently, in 2020, uh, Tom Holland confirmed that he was writing a direct sequel to Fright Night. So that there already was a sequel. Um, well, the original sequel was not done by the original director. Oh, well, I never saw 
part two. Um, I never did so. either, but the original yeah. director in 2020 said that he was uh, writing a direct sequel. Whether Tom or not Holland, that's... not Spider-Man Tom Holland, right? Yeah, yeah. Director Tom Holland. Okay. He, he is... also did Child's Play, right? Is that, where is that, where is that, is that right? Did he, he do the original Child's Play? He did Fright Night. Uh, he did The Langoliers. Oh, that's a Stephen King and short story. And Thinner. That's also a Stephen King novel. Yeah, so he he's done some. Oh, Child Child's Play. He did something with Child's Play. I think yeah, he did he the first Child's Play. I like that first one. I think that first one's actually pretty good. Um, he also, I think. Uh, what was that? He wrote Psycho Two. Isn't that the one so. with Mila Kunis? No, that's a uh, American Psycho Two. Um, yeah, I don't recognize anyone in this. Dude, I what will say, freaking. Uh, Brad Dorif as Chucky in the original Child's Play is unhinged as fuck, and he's amazing in it. I need um, to I need to watch that one. That seems like something I would dig. It's um, it, dude, like Chucky is like as like as a kid, you're like, oh my god, it's a doll that like moves and shit. That's terrifying. He's fucking hysterical. Chucky is fucking hysterical. Right. That that's why I feel like that would be be in my bag, you know. Yeah, he's and dude, Don Mancini did the freaking screenplay. Like he's done all the child's plays, and they're all fucking bonkers. Right? They're so fucking good. I would recommend. I would. I would recommend Child's Play. I think Child's Play is fun. So Fright Night and The Conjuring. Maybe you start out with The Conjuring, and then you end with Fright Night, so that you can sleep a little better. Yeah, um, they both end on happy notes. Like, I mean, Conjuring ends on a good note. Oh, really? Okay. Um. Yeah. They. They. Uh. They exercise the demon or bath bath shiba bath bath whatever and they like grab the cursed music box which was the last scene you know where she like looks back looks forward looks back yeah ah! um that cursed music box is like that bad entity and the or like the haunted artifact or whatever in that movie and they like put it in their like museum of like really fucking scary shit and movie's over you know so they they stop, but you still it. have to sleep with the light on. Yes, very so maybe much. Maybe so. give yourself some distance with Fright Night. Let yourself forget about the scary things in the yeah, comedy. Fright Night would go second. Fright would yeah. Fright Night would definitely go second. Cool, because like basically it's like scary, 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 scary. We're done. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Everything's yeah. fine now. But everything's scary. I like that. I like that pairing. Pretty much sums up week two of our exploration into the world of horror our crusade into horrorville horror month eventually we'll come up with something cool but probably not not this month (laughs) maybe next time fellas maybe next time and then next week we got two more weeks of horror month so we got a song from you next week and then the week after that we're closing out horror month and then we'll be going into November. So we're only halfway through, man. We've got a lot more to share. Is there anything you want to say to close this episode out? Go watch Fright Night. It's a fucking classic. Yeah. It's probably, I'm not a huge vampire fan. Maybe I am. I don't know. It's probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite vampire movie. It's so good. It it is yeah it's up there for me it's definitely in the I'd probably say top three I really like 
Fright Night. I like The Lost Boys. And Lost I Boys like is good. Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Coppola film. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Is that the one with Gary Oldman as Dracula? Gary Oldman and Keanu and uh, Winona Ryder. I never saw that. You should check it out. It's fun. It's pretty good. I think, I think it's a fun one. Um, it's long, I think. But, Is it long? Uh, and like, there, like Keanu has a weird accent, but you don't care because it's just the atmosphere of the movie is like really cool. So when did it come out? 91, 92, something like that. 92. Oh, Anthony yeah. Hopkins is Van Helsing. Yeah. It's, Damn, it's, it's, it has no. a solid cast. Um, and I think it's aged well for the most part. So I do like, um, I know this is like, it's a silent film, but I think Nosferatu is really fucking cool. I think that one's I really fucking I've seen that one. I've seen, you know, obviously I've been absorbed. Yeah. You've seen what Nosferatu looks like. Through pop culture, but I don't know if I've actually sat down and watched it. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Sound Crusaders or Instagram and TikTok at Soundscape Crusaders.